Um, I'd like us to look in our Bible, um, and I'm going to read some scripture this morning. Just read with me. This is from New King James Version. John chapter 10, and these should be on the on these screens. John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Therefore, my Father loves me. Jesus is speaking here. And he's speaking about his um, coming death and resurrection. And my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man or no one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. When he says life, he's using the word actually soul. My soul life. I lay down my soul life. No one takes it from me. Two chapters later, he says in John chapter 12, verse 24, and verse through 26, unless a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Acts chapter 2, a couple few pages farther down in your New Testament, Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Peter is preaching. This is after the Holy Spirit comes down on Pentecost and the apostles are speaking the gospel in different languages to the millions of people that are there at that time of year. And, and Peter says this. He summarizes the, the, the resurrection message in these two verses. And what I'd like to say about the resurrection is that the first 100 years of the church, this is the only thing that they were talking about. Uh, historians say that the primary message of the church, the first church, was the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That he was killed, that he was buried, and that he rose from the dead. That was the message. That was the great news. And so Peter here is preaching this. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, in verse 23, delivered up according to the de definite plan and foreknowledge of God. Don't you like that? There was no mistakes. God knew it was going to happen. According to the foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. In verse 24, I love this, and we could shout this from the rooftops. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Let's read that together, okay? Let's read this last verse, verse 24. Um, ready? I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Isn't that amazing? It was not possible that death could hold Jesus Christ in the, game, in the grave. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Sometimes we look, amen, amen. Sometimes we look at things, things look impossible, and we say, it's over, it's done, it's looking really bad, but then something happens, the power of Christ through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the Holy Spirit begins to quicken and to renew and revive, and just as G the Holy Spirit did that with Jesus in the grave, he rose from the dead, that's what God can do in our lives, amen? amen. And this is the message of resurrection. Now let's look at John chapter 12. Um, I'm sorry, Luke 24. Luke 24, verse 6 through 7. He is not here. And this is the beautiful story of how Mary comes to the grave. She's looking for, she's looking to take care of the body of Jesus. He is not here, but he is risen. The angels are telling her this. They're saying, why are you seeking the living among the dead? 
He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in the Galilee, saying in verse 7, The Son of Man must be delivered. He must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. I just want to say four things this morning and we'll wrap it up. Four things. Number one, the core, the core of God's sovereign plan. Sovereign is a word that means, it's a word that means that God, no one tells God what to do. This is his plan according to his righteousness. Sovereign plan of God is based on what? His goodness. In Islam, there's the ideology, what will be, will be. And no one can change God's mind. And if God is in a bad mood, then he's going to do bad things. If God's in a good mood, he's going to do good things. If you're a bad person, God will do bad things to you. If you're a good person, God will do good things to you. That's not how it works with God. The sovereign plan of God, the unchanging plan of God, the plan that cannot be changed, that cannot be, that cannot be manipulated by man or by any person or any angel, the sovereign plan is based and rooted and, and, and grounded in God's grace. Amen, right? So bad things may happen. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Hard things may happen, hard to swallow. We may be scratching our heads like God. I, but we can always know that the sovereign plan of God is rooted in his goodness. In Romans eight twenty eight, don't forget that. If you're called according to his purpose, and if you love God, loving God means that we respond to God's first love to us, then it's gonna work together for your good and your family's good and for people's good and for your nation's good and for Magnolia's good. It's gonna work together for good. The sovereign plan of God is rooted in his his goodness. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. My thoughts towards you, God says. Okay? My thoughts towards you, they are what? Thoughts of peace. God's not in heaven freaking out and in turmoil and anxiety about your life or what you did or what somebody did in your life or in your family. God's not in turmoil, he's not in turmoil, but he's at peace. And he says, my thoughts towards you are peace and not evil. God's not thinking evil. I mean, there are people that we may know, that we, that we may love or that we have loved, and maybe today they're thinking evil about us. Who knows? You know, and who really cares, actually? Because we are really worried only about God's thoughts towards us and what the Bible says, amen? But there may be, and you may actually know, somebody may say something to you, you know, holidays are really unique because just lots of weird things happen. People say weird things, weird things happen. And then, you know, there's these moments where you don't know what's gonna happen and, 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 and someone may be thinking bad about you. And for some of us, that really messes us up, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't let them think about that. I gotta go straighten the story out. I've gotta go justify myself. I gotta set the record right, straight. And there's times when we do that, but then there's just times where we just gotta be quiet and let the Lord fight for us and not worry. Jesus was in the grave and the Lord fought for him. He was not struggling in the grave. God's thoughts towards us today are peace. And then it says in the latter part of that verse, verse 11, that we may have a destiny or an expected end. When we drive in my, in my car, now I have a car, um, my son likes to have the map up. He goes, Daddy, where's in the map? He likes to see where we're going. And for a kindergarten, I, you know, he can figure out where we're going. Actually, on his little iPad, he's got the limited things he's got on there. He's got maps and he... The other day, he was, he, was, he was plotting a course to go to some restroom somewhere in the woodlands, and I don't even know if he knew where he was going, but he had like the whole thing all planned out, and I go, I go, Caleb, where are you going? And he goes, that's where I'm going to go right there. 
I think there's something about human nature that likes to know where we're going, right? And that's Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Where are we going? The compass always points to the grace and the goodness of God, as Pastor Adam said. Second thing I want to say is this. And so the core of God's sovereign plan is good. We look at the, we look at the, at the death, the, the, the trials, the death, the torture of Jesus Christ, the bearing of him. And, 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 it's, and, and it's like these three days and we see disciples leaving Jerusalem. There's an exodus. It's all over. It's something has happened and it's a scandal and we don't know what happened and we're disillusioned and we're walking away. But God has a good plan. There's something that's good that's going to happen. And it's in the foreknowledge and the foremind of, of God in Acts 2, 22. Number two, we by nature are bad. Um, we have an old sin nature. There's a part of us. If you leave us by ourselves without a church, and some of us, we really struggle because we're, we're, we're not in a community where we're, where, we're, you know, where we're getting edification. I come to church here, not because I'm the pastor. I mean, I do. But I come here to get built up by you. I need the body of Christ, right? I can't be here. My wife needs it. Our marriage needs it. My family needs the body of Christ. We need the body. By nature, we have an old sin nature, and that has a downward pull. We have a gravitational pull to the world, to the things of the world, to our past. We have a gravitational pull to what we want. And we cannot see the good when it comes. Jeremiah 17, verse 6. They that are in the flesh, the man who trusts in his flesh, in his natural ability to do things without God, does not see the good when it comes. You ever have good things coming your way and you just don't see it? And somebody next to you is like, wow, isn't that awesome? God is so good. And it's like this small, tiny little thing, right? My mom was like that. She would just rejoice in the littlest, tiniest things, you know? Because those little, tiny things meant a lot to her. If we're trusting in our flesh, then we don't see the good when it comes. Why? Why, why is that? Because we're human beings. And we have limited capacity. We have limited ability to see what's happening. We're trapped. I want to talk about this for a minute. We're trapped in a shell. And this shell is what you find around a seed. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, an amazing chapter. If you want to read something really amazing to your family at resurrection dinner today, later on, read 1 Corinthians 15 to your family. It's about resurrection. It's about the things that have bodies and the things that have its own glory. And that when we're resurrected, that we'll have a new glorified body. It's fascinating. Just read it. I, I guarantee you it'll be a, a blessing to your family. We, by nature, have a fallen nature, and we are in a shell. And in this shell, in our soul, and just follow me here, okay? Our soul is like a shell. And inside that shell is a treasure. It's a seed. There's DNA there. And that DNA knows what it's supposed to be, and it knows how to grow, and it knows how tall to grow. And it knows how to receive light. And that DNA inside of us is really, that is the spirit of God. It's Jesus Christ in us. Christ is in you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Christ is in you. And there's a shell. And we bump into that shell all the time. You know what it's called? It's called a soul. It's that part of us that's self-conscious. It's that part of us that's self-aware. It's aware of what it wants. It's aware of what it doesn't want. The soul, your soul is aware of what you, who you are. It's aware of your preferences, your belief system. In your soul, is that part of your identity that makes decisions? It's your, it's a, it's a, it's your self-determination, okay? End of all the big words right there. I'm going to stop there. Your soul is who you are. And that part of us, that part of us, that part of us can block so often what God wants to do. 
the shell needs to be broken. Our personality needs to be, we need to be broken. We need to be, we need to be interrupted. We need to be stopped. We need to, we need to quiet down. We need to listen. We need to have a flat tire in our car, in, this, in, the, in, this, in that part of our soul that's like a car where we can't drive on at full speed like we want. Where we are, we are, we are, where there's an intervention of God and we are broken. If you take a seed and when you plant, and anyone that's done any planting will know what I'm talking about, inside that seed is the DNA and the life. There's plant life there. And that life knows what it needs to do. And you could have seeds, and they just did this recently. They found um, an ancient, ancient seeds found in some kind of ancient um, settlement in Turkey somewhere. And they found these seeds, that, and they planted them, and, they, and with, a, with a proper sun and, and rain and nourishment, these seeds came alive. A seed, that seed that your children, you are like a seed. There's a soul there. But there's something that needs to be broken, and that, and that thing is our soul. And this is what Jesus said. I lay down my soul. I'm lay, and then this is what the believer, this is what we do, and I'm going to look at this in a second. We lay that down voluntarily. No one takes it from us, okay? We may look at war. We may look at the terrible things that are happening. People are victimized. But we don't need to allow that to take us, to take our life. So the seed, number three. And by the way, this shell is our imagination. It's that part of us that can dream. And why is the shell blocking that life? What is the shell, well, that, the blessing, the fruit that God wants to bring forth in your life? Why is the shell blocking that? Because the shell is our, really our imagination. We can only imagine so much. And God's like, you know what, I have this for you, right? And you're, you're thinking like that. And you don't even see it. It's like telling your son or your child, no, you can't eat right now because in five minutes, dinner's gonna be ready. And that, that child is like thinking, no, like I've got to eat right now. Like, you know, in their imagination, right? It's like, it's got to happen right now. It's got to be now because they're living in a shell that, that they can't imagine anything. They can't imagine any, they can't imagine five minutes later. God has something this big for us, prepared for us. And we're thinking like this and God has to break that.